once again with the Crossroads Music Podcast. Eric, do you have actually a drink of choice today? I do. I okay. do. I've stopped trying to uh, open it. Oh. Beginning, just because it never comes through. So <laughs> uh, I have a lemon drop session ale. It sounds like wow. a girly drink, but uh, this is one of the various beers that were left behind. Um from the wedding and this is out of vancouver uh this well-rounded refreshing and tart session ale is brewed with lemon drop hops organic lemons and a touch of vancouver island sea salt to give aromas of bright citrus and candied lemon so let's try this oh that sounds pretty interesting i feel like they Mm -hmm. shouldn't have branded it lemon drop though it sounds like a cough drop type of drink it does it does it smells lemony yeah. It smells like beer. So. It should be more just like a, a lemon cello or a pure just like lemon or something. Look at that shitty pour. <laughs> <laughs> just. Anyways, if you're listening mm. to the audio version only on Spotify or Apple Music, you can uh, come here on the live feed here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. We're here every Monday. Uh, we're actually mm. switching our schedule to Wednesday next week, but we'll, we'll wrap that all up at the end. Uh, Chasing Dragonflies, how's it going? What's up? Uh, Eric, your thoughts on your lemon drop ale. You know what? I wish I had this earlier in the day because it was so freaking hot here. Um, But it's not bad. It's not bad. It's very tart. Very tart. Like I was expecting it to be sweeter, which I'm happy it's not. So I I would add this to the list for sure. Oh, nice. Uh, Do you guys have a heat wave over on the West Coast right now? Uh, Not really. We did have one um i want to say like a week or two ago okay and it was literally like watch out it the heat's coming <laughs> but it wasn't that hot like, okay, i feel okay. like in ontario like it got way hotter we like, got, in like, terms of humidity oh yeah humidity was terrible yeah. but it got to i think 40 degrees celsius oh geez so and it then felt hotter <laughs> oh well that's the funny thing and then we, when we you lived in the interior part of bc like it would get like it wouldn't get humid but it would be a dry heat so in the shade, you're fine. But like you go outside and you're in the sun, you're like in 45 degree weather. Yeah. And it's just like, you're just cooking, like <laughs> literally cooking. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into some music stuff. Uh, we usually start this off with what we've been listening to this past week. Eric, anything of note that you've been listening to? Uh, so yes. And before I get into that, um, uh, the news I have to share is this backdrop you see will be different for the past uh i will be changing my band room in the house to a different location so that big upstairs room that you saw yes so that that will be stuff will be moved around there in the next four days and i will establish my desk so uh we will we will see we will see what uh what the next backdrop will be whether it's my hanging guitars or other posters but uh it's gonna be a big job so it'll be me that's what nice. I'll be doing the next four days. Very nice. But Very nice. let's let's get down to music. Um, so I've been actually on like a huge country kick, uh, but I started it off with uh, ZZ Top's. Uh, they created a raw album, and it was pr- it's pretty much like a re-recording of some of their old songs. So it's almost like live off a session recording kind of thing, and it is awesome. Like this was recently recorded and 
like Billy Gibbons still got. He's just still he's so has old. it. He's so he's old. so old, but he still sounds so good. <laughs> um, so like I mean, it's ZZ Top. They're like, there's nothing new here. It's his old stuff. He starts off with a song "Brown Sugar," which is one of their originals, not the okay, Rolling okay. Stones song. Okay. Uh, but it kind of starts off with like, "My old man let me," and then it goes into this crazy like blues fast kind of jam, which is sick. Um, I I really love that song, and it's a perfect opener for a concert too. Uh, but then I started getting into some country, so. I listened to Tennille Towns, who's a country artist out of Alberta. Um, uh, she has uh, Apple Music sessions, so it's like uh, five or six of her recordings at, at this Apple studio, and uh, it's pretty good. Like, I think she has such a unique voice. It's like a jazzy style of country, which is kind of neat. Ooh, uh, uh, then uh, Ronnie Dunn, who one of the <laughs> duos okay. from Brooks and Dunn, who is the band that got me into country music uh, mm-hmm. for sure. So he came out with an album called Hundred Proof Neon, which is uh, such a cu- country yeah. country thing. And it's good. It's really good. That's and so good. then uh, after listening to that, I started kind of going down into Brooks and Dunn territory again. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, so I've been listening to just pretty much that. Very this nice. whole time so. very nice sticking on that country t- uh theme uh, i do have a question for you so mm-hmm. uh it, it's a long story but basically i was in a cover band for like maybe a month drama happened so the band's no more but within that month uh we did put like a couple set lists together and for some reason i want to talk about me by toby keith ended up on our set list so I don't know much about Toby Keith, but uh, listening to the song and trying to learn it, I'm sort of puzzled as to why he's rapping on the song. So Toby Keith is one of those guys that he'll play songs in in the times, but he likes to have fun with it in a non-serious way. Like he okay. he doesn't care if it comes across as a a disaster or a joke like like hell he has that song red solo cup which which he didn't think he didn't think was gonna be a hit on the radio he thought this is just a filler for the album and then everyone lost their minds when they heard this song and he couldn't believe it but the music video he's just it's just ridiculous like uh so I, i mean i feel like he's rapping in the sense that it was probably big in that time and he would just wanted to kind of just have fun with it and add an element into country. So in no way he was trying to be serious about it. Let's just, okay. let's just say that because Toby Keith is probably the most controversial country artist in the country <laughs> world in the States. Like he, he does not care what he says to people <laughs> and he doesn't care if there's any political ramifications. So, uh, okay. Uh, I see. I see where this is going. Okay. Cause I was like completely confused. Cause like to me, just by like name recognition, I was like, Oh, he's probably, he's gotta be like a big country artist. So I don't understand mm-hmm. why his like tone or his like genre is so like not country. <laughs> mm-hmm. He he's got some really country songs. Like one of my favorites, still by far to this day, is "I'm Not as Good as I Once Was." So it's about him getting old, and and he's just like in a bar, and and this girl's trying to hit on him that's younger, and 
just like no not as good as i once was <laughs> right and he just or then his buddy gets into a fight and he's like dave i ain't as good as i once was so like i can't fight anymore right kind of so he's he's kind of just like a like i wouldn't say a parody artist but he likes to have fun and and take light mm, of of things okay. but but he doesn't care who he offends well he does it like he like some of the stuff he's been in the news for has is mind blowing so <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I see. I see. That that explains it. Um yeah. yeah, just it was so weird why that song showed up in our set list. Um Yeah. But yeah, other than that, just listening listening to some just like random tunes, just like to be honest, it was trying to learn new songs for that for that cover band, but mm. it, it wasted effort at this point cuz that band's never gonna see the light of day. Yeah. So, oh well. Well, I know what we're covering next. <laughs> oh my god i want to talk about me yeah toby keith it's I a want to talk song. about me you want to talk about ah uh, it's actually kind of a neat concept because it's like it's like going to that stare like i know it, it's such a harsh topic to talk about but stereotypes in terms of like mm, yeah. the female gender talking about like you know just like oh like, like this is what i did at and this is what I did. And then like, look at me. Like, and then it's almost like he's in the relationship. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I want to talk about me this time. <laughs> right. So that's what he's no, trying to say. Yeah. Very. Right? Yeah. No, lyrically, I thought it was pretty clever. Like what they did. Mm. I just found it weird that he decided to rap the verses essentially. Yeah. You know, talking about me makes me <laughs> grin. <laughs> Whatever you want. You know, yeah. uh, it's such a good show. Yeah. Our song. Ch- I mean. Doctor Chicken wants to know if you ever heard the amazing salt co- song called Ram Ranch. I feel like that's Ram Ranch. I feel like that is a parody song. Like it's it's one of those like Blink One Eighty Two type of songs where it's not. It's just offensive to be offensive. Ram Ranch. No, it's, I I don't think I've heard this song. It seems like based on is the this name, something? It seems like it is. Is this something that I need to check out? <laughs> that's uh, my question to you. Between the two of us, I feel like, unless it's in a completely strange genre like polka where we have no background in, I feel like yeah, if we haven't heard it, I feel like it. we're pretty safe. But we'll see, mm-hmm. maybe. Okay, Dr. Chicken yes, says check yes, it out. check it okay. out. Okay, so we'll make All right. a note of I will, it. I will, che- I will check it out. I will make it note. And uh, and yes, I will, I will bring it up in the next podcast. Yeah, or sure. join the Discord. And you can throw it in there and remind yes. us because we tend to yes. forget everything. Join, yeah, we're getting old now, everybody. So our minds aren't as sharp as they used to be. But yeah, um, yeah, put it in the Discord, but I'll write it down just so I don't forget. All right. I'm going to definitely forget. Ram Ranch. Ram we'll Ranch. We'll see. We'll see. Ram Ranch. See? For those of you youngins out there, I'm using a pen to paper. <laughs> old school way of writing it yeah <laughs> very to let you know. i have i have like cups filled of pens and like it's gonna take me like 10 lifetimes to use all these pens yeah it's ridiculous exactly <laughs> um all right let's move on uh today in music history there's actually not a lot but uh for august 15th uh, 1896, Leon Theremin, inventor of the theremin, one of the first electronic instruments, is born in Saint Petersburg, Russia. Interesting. Have you? Wow, ever played... we're going way back. Yeah. Have you ever played one of those? No, and I've never seen one in person. Oh, that's true. I've never seen one in person either. I've only seen people like do it in videos. Mm-hmm. I've seen videos, a video, 
but it's a neat little instrument. Maybe I should buy one. You should. You should <laughs> buy one, and we can do a live performance. <laughs> and I can yeah. heckle you. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, 1925, this one's a big one for, for a lot of people. Jazz pianist and composer Oscar Peterson is born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, for my money, the, the greatest like jazz piano player yeah. ever existence. And... Eric, did you see that in Canada they're releasing uh, a commemorative uh, coin in circulation for Oscar Peterson? So really? it's going to be the Looney, and it's going to have purple on it, and Oscar Peterson playing the piano on it. Uh, so that will make him not only the first musician to show up on a on a Canadian coin in circulation, but also the first black uh, person on a Canadian coin. So that is cool, and it's going to be neat to see a different color on the Looney. Yeah. Golden, and golden so, purple. That it looks. Yeah. I looked it up online. It looks so oh, sick. I, I might gotta, actually I like look this up. I'm gonna actually like go to right Canada now. Post and and go. Um, I think I'm gonna go buy it tomorrow. Because um, I, I oh, don't it's wanna, out already. Yeah, it's out already. Um, I just don't want to like. I don't want to wait for a loony to show up in my pocket, and it's probably not gonna be like you know fresh. It's probably gonna be dirty. So. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. That is sick. Oh, maybe I'll go buy one too. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. That is awesome. For those of you who uh, would like to. Yeah, it looks so nice. I'm trying to do this properly. No, it, it looks good. It looks good on the screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, that is o- sick. The Oscar Peterson. Oh, my God. Such a freaking phenomenal, just like oh, 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 musician. Yeah. So. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable musician. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, 1930, uh, R&B singer and saxophonist Jackson Brenston is born in Clarksdale, Mississippi. He's the one who sang lead on Ike Turner's Rocket 88, which arguably is the very first recorded rock and roll song ever. So a little bit of history Mm. for you there. Interesting. Um, 1965, the Beatles play Shea Stadium in New York, home of the Mets, making them uh, the first rock band to headline a stadium in America. Is that wild that like the Beatles were the first? Uh, well, I guess it's not that wild, but man, the Beatles just did everything first. It's ridiculous. I mean, they were in that perfect era, right? Yeah. So like, music kind of started taking like a huge turn, and yeah, and they were a part of the whole revolution. Uh, 1969, it's day one of Woodstock Festival in Bethel, New York. Um, Woodstock 69 was uh, apparently quite the festival. Woodstock 99, not so much. Have you have you watched the, the new documentary that was released? It's pretty pathetic, I've heard. Uh, no, I heard it's good, though. I think it's called Trainwreck or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, one day, one day I'll watch it. Uh, 1979, Led Zeppelin released their eighth and final studio album, In Through In Through the Outdoor. It's the last album released by the band while drummer John Bonham is still alive. What was on that album? Was there anything good on that album? To be honest, like after Zeppelin 4, I don't even know what's like on their discography. Like I know they had a couple <clears throat> good ones. It's because they ran out of material to steal. Oh. <laughs> in through the outdoor right yeah 
in through the outdoor. Um, no, they didn't have anything good on this. No. No. No, absolutely not. It was trash. <laughs> it's all originals <laughs> on, on that album. I was going to say something, but it's pretty, it's pretty dark. <laughs> so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay. Um, 1989, Joe Jonas of the Jonas Brothers is born in Casa Grande, Arizona. Jonas Brothers. I'm so, I don't know. It seems weird that the Jonas Brothers was a thing. Yeah. And then, then they made their comeback. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they're back. And then they're just like, where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I feel like their wives are more famous yeah. than they are. Yeah. Two of them. Like, you got the chick from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, and then the other, the other one is, yeah, the other actress or whatever. Yeah. But both actresses, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the Jonas Brothers really did, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and finally, on this day, uh, on August 15th, 1995, Spanish pop duo Los Del Rio released their single, The Macarena, in the U.S., starting the giant that dance song, craze, The Macarena. That song <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> It is so bad. It is so bad. That's that's a like, and it's so annoying too. It is. It is like the most. Yeah. It's just even the dance. The dance is dumb. Like everything. It's everything about that. Like I would rather walk to the next neighboring city than have to do the to listen to that song and dance to it uh chasing dragonflies internet keeps cutting out but uh she's saying that it's not as bad as the cha-cha slide or the chicken dance the chicken dance uh i feel like they're all equally as bad like if you created like an album called the worst songs ever created (laughs) from mankind like those would all go on this album (laughs) yeah and would anybody buy it? Of course, people would buy it because they're oh, yeah. idiots. Yeah, people, like, would, definitely people buy would buy it. it. Yeah. And then they'd be like, let's do all the dances. Let's go get together and listen to this <laughs> terrible album. <laughs> right? It's just, yeah, it's such a trash song, the Macarena. <laughs> like, Jesus. Um, anyways, let's move on to music news. That was today in music history. Uh, already talked about Oscar Peterson, so that's all good. Uh, but uh, brand new news from Spotify. Spotify has unveiled a new website that allows users to buy concert tickets directly from Spotify instead of having to go to Ticketmaster and other sale- sellers. In a statement, Spotify have said that this is just an experiment and they just want to see how it goes. So uh, you can actually buy a few tickets on on Spotify's whatever it's called ticket Spotify ticket or whatever they want to call it. Uh, there's a nice. few like indie bands on there, but um, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like there should be more uh, competition to Ticketmaster because they're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> they are a bunch of assholes, and you know what? I fully am on board with that because, like, how many times have like all like I scroll through Apple Music all the time, and it would be nice to just be like, "Hey, they're in town, right? Like, yeah. would you like to see them?" And then it's like, "Sweet, I can buy tickets like right off the same app." Like, I am hundred percent on board with that. I think all everybody should transition to that. Yeah, that'd be pretty useful. 
Um, in other news, the South Park turning 25 concert at the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado was held last week. Les Claypool of Primus uh, would perform at the show, and Matt Stone, co-creator of South Park, was on drums. Uh, and the kicker here is uh, Matt Stone did not know why he was practicing closer to the heart uh, with Les Claypool. Because uh, Claypool is known to like do a lot of Rush covers. So he's like, oh, we're just doing a Rush cover. And then suddenly, when they start the song, Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee appear on stage. Oh, my God. <laughs> to play that would closer be to the un- <laughs> That would be unbelievable. I, I would probably have a heart attack if that happened. <laughs> but you have like, to play drums. You have to play drums for the song. <laughs> with Rush. That would be such... Oh, God. I didn't even think of that. That would be such a, like, hey... Here's the band. Play like Neil Peart, you idiot. <laughs> like, oh my god, that would be that would be stressful. Yeah. Actually, that would be totally stressful. Yeah, Did uh, Timmy and the and the Lords of the Underworld play at this concert? But I'm sure they showed up on the 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 whatever the teleprompter or whatever it is the screen. But I love that. Uh, yeah. Timmy. No, no holograms. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, that was uh, that was pretty. F- I thought that was pretty funny uh, that that happened to him. That's amazing. Um, in other news, um, so we're gonna talk about this again. Uh, so Beyonce's uh, new album, her latest mm-hmm. album, Renaissance, uh, it continues to spark debate everywhere. So last week we uh, discussed how they're reworking a song that contains the ableist uh, slur "spaz." Uh, well, there's another issue with the album, and it's uh, samples. It's, the whole album's terrible. <laughs> Is that I mean, the issue? <laughs> that's that's one issue yeah. with the album. Uh, but uh, another issue with the album is. Uh, one of the songs uses an interpolation of the song Milkshake by Khalees. So interpolation is not like a, uh, it's not a straight sample where you're taking like the already recorded piece and, and plopping it into your song. Uh, they're essentially like taking the melody that exists and re-recording it, you know, change it in a certain way. But it's like, it's basically this, that original song. Is this like the Milkshake song? Like a Milkshake yeah. brings all the boys to yeah, the yard? That song. Like yes. that song? Yes. That song. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the problem is that songs, uh, credited songwriters are Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo of the Neptunes. Uh, but Khalees, uh, claims that she was swindled out of her publishing rights, uh, for the two albums that they made together. So Khalees took to the internet, cried foul, and, uh, that Beyonce didn't have the common decency to let her know that she was going to be using her song. So legally, there's no there's no grounds for Cleese to like you know sue or like there's nothing she mm-hmm. has no ownership of those songs, uh, but Beyonce has uh, well is working on removing the interpolation of uh, Milkshake from her song to avoid the public scrutiny, uh, not for any legal reasons. So, um, mm. you know, it, it's it's I could sort of see. So I'm definitely not on the side of Khalees in this in this case, right? Like the song, whoever owns the song has the right to license it out. Whether mm-hmm. like you did, if you are the original songwriter, but you sold your rights, like you don't have a say in that that song. Uh, if you never wrote it in the first place, you just performed on it. Uh, technically, you don't own that song either. So I'm definitely not on her side in this case, but 
At the same time, I don't know if it's worth the public scrutiny to like take a song that is so like iconic to that specific person or that performer yeah. and like basically not really like get permission from them. That's like taking Don't Stop Believing, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and being like this is my song now <laughs> like, guess, yeah yeah of, yeah i i mean it, it is interesting because i don't like I, I don't know what that other artist has made but i definitely associate that artist to milkshake yes so it's literally like her only like i i feel like it's like her one hit wonder <laughs> but i don't know i could be wrong i could be wrong because i don't know I no, don't know what no, other songs right. this artist has come she, out. Khalees only like, has I, Milkshake. Yeah, I, I could see all these Khalees fans just going like, just, what are you talking about? They no. have so much, so much. No. But um, but yeah, and I and I think like every time when I go, like if I get a milkshake at like McDonald's or something, <laughs> I always, that's the first thing that pops into my head, right? So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'd have to agree with her on this one. Ooh, really? Oh, damn. Yeah, because because it's literally like Just you're have... taking her thunder, mm. right? It, it's like the same song. Um, uh, what the frick is that one? The the Rick Roll song. <laughs> oh, never gonna give you up. Yeah, never gonna man. give you up. It's like taking that away from Rick Roll. Like nobody can take that away from Rick Roll. Like nobody, <sighs> even though he doesn't own the rights to the song. I guess so. I think Chasing Dragonflies is on your side too. Beyonce could have yeah. given her a heads up, but strictly Absolutely. from a business standpoint, like obviously there's no legal grounds for it, but yeah, I'm sort it's of gonna on the be fence. Very interesting now that all these artists are selling their rights to see what the hell happens with new music because oh. maybe they're just going to be Never gonna give you up is my song now, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, no, when like "Rocking in the Free World" is sold to like Coca Cola, like Neil Young, if he says anything, I'm just like, you're a phony, <laughs> you're yeah. a hypocrite guy yeah. here. Um, Check is. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah this is this one's a. Uh, interesting one but i mean beyonce is going to remove the uh, interpolation of milkshake so mm -hmm. clearly it wasn't important enough to keep in so <laughs> it says a lot about the music but yeah. anyways but you could tell when an album is so bad when there's so so much wrong with this album that that they're just changing it that they're like yeah sure okay we'll, we'll just change it <sighs> yeah this like copy and right. paste like it's like it's like a transformer <laughs> like a transformer like uh, oh like i like look at this nice car oh now it's a now it's a terrifying robot that's trying to kill me i so. absolutely hate it like you should have a reason why that note is in there at that specific time in that specific tone like mm -hmm. It's but ridiculous. just to be able to be like, yeah, it's okay. We'll just remove it. That's fine. And we'll still release it anyway. Like, I just feel like it's just so like, yeah. I don't know. Just like fake. Yeah. 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 Um, and okay. 
second part to the story, which is uh, a bit of a learning moment for us, I feel like. But another story to come out of uh, Beyonce's album, Renaissance, uh, there has been another criticism uh, put out there by a number of songwriters um, around the world. How terrible it is? <laughs> no. So it's, it's just the uh, criticism of the number of songwriters on this album, because we've always complained about why does it take 14 people to write a, a specific song? Yeah. Um, so not specifically to Renaissance, but it sort of sparked that debate again as to like why there are so many songwriters. Um, so a bit of an education moment here that I learned over the week. Um, so uh, there's a bunch of I guess there's a few like famous whoever producers or whoever uh, they came out in defense of the number of songwriters. Uh, essentially, if you sample a piece of music. Uh, technically their name goes under a songwriting list. So if you mm. sampled 14 different songs and put it in your song, technically you would have 14 songwriters. So we have to be sort of careful in the future when we criticize these things. Is it actually 14 people mm. in a room who wrote the song or is it just they took 14 pieces of a song and then they, they yeah. mushed it all together? So, no, that's fair. Yeah, that's a that's bit fair. of a thing I learned mm. that they didn't actually split like you know songwriters that they sampled and songwriters who actually wrote like the song yeah no that's that's a good point i never even actually thought about that yeah because yeah because there's a lot of samples used in today's music yeah a lot of samples right yeah a lot of samples in hip-hop uh and it's Mm -hmm. becoming way more prevalent in pop music now um Mm -hmm. where it wasn't as common in pop music back then but i think um, it's i think it's coming to country music too Sampling country music, I, oh my lord, like country's all about authenticity, so I don't know how they're gonna pull that off. It's literally like, I feel like it's changed so much, and a lot of these old songwriters, because like Nashville is probably the songwriting capital of the world, probably, I would say, in terms of like lyricists and all that, and I know I've discussed this on the podcast before, like all these famous artists like started off as country, like songwriters, and a lot of them have written songs for other famous country music like the it's just crazy but i feel like all the old school like country artists or or like songwriters are just rolling in their graves right now because it's just like (laughs) you just took out like like because a lot of people go to nashville and start off as songwriters so Mm -hmm. if you're sampling a lot of music well i feel like you've killed off a bunch of that right yeah because nobody like it's like oh well i'll just reuse this sample right yeah so yeah it's gonna be like la la for actors like the la when the people move to la to become i'm gonna be an actor (laughs) and then they they're just working some job (laughs) right yeah and and to be clear there's nothing inherently wrong with sampling it just no it produces a different style of music or a different Mm -hmm. style of song that i feel like doesn't go well with country especially because it is about you're supposed to talk about or sing about like a lived experience typically in country music yeah it's supposed to have some authenticity and rawness to it yeah like like i and i think that's why i like the ronnie dunn album so much uh his new one um because it it just kind of went back to that that it's not modern country right now and it's not sampled it's just very like Mm -hmm. it's just him his band and they're just making music right like whether or not like if if it's comparable to brooks and dunn i would say no but 
Um, but even like these artists like Tennille Towns, love her, like amazing. Doesn't sample her music. Well, she I don't know if she does, but but uh, it doesn't sound like she does. Mm-hmm. But right, uh, chasing dragonflies always thought it was fourteen people in a room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that the, would be tough. The madness. That'd be tough. The just write passing a piece of paper. All right, I write the first line, and then <laughs> then we're gonna pass the paper around, and everyone's gonna write a line, and then we have a song. <laughs> and then you always get that one dick that just writes like completely de- like you know those stories <laughs> that you did in school. Oh, you're writing yeah, it's just yeah. like yeah. So like Jimmy went to the store, and it's like Jimmy bought a piece of like. Like Jimmy brought a loaf of bread, and then there's like one dick that's just like Jimmy then set the store on fire, <laughs> right? Like, like just like. <laughs> yep, I remember those. Mm-hmm. Um, another news: TikTok is uh, putting a lot of money into AI music creation technology. Uh, so they're looking into having a uh, artificial intelligence uh, just produce music for them. Uh, and along with this, TikTok are looking to enter the music streaming game. Uh, they have filed a trademark for TikTok music. So it'll be interesting. I feel like I think there's a market for AI created music, or at least because it is essentially uh, outside of the startup cost, it's like you just make it, right? It's just a formula. I think this has potential to to really kick off especially for people who are really into like ambient music like just background like study music and stuff Mm -hmm. like that man you know how like those things are like hour tracks three hour tracks and to have like an ai create that instead seems like a lot easier absolutely absolutely that is that's gonna be very interesting because i feel like it's almost like a like the jingle world is coming like I feel like when TV oh, first yeah. started with all these commercials, you had all these like jingles, and you still have them on TV. But, but I mean, I feel like they were more prominent back in that era, like yeah. post World War II era. And I feel like now it's coming. It's gonna. This is like the comeback of jingles. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting if TikTok actually has a music streaming platform in the future. Um. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Elton John is seriously considering recording his, himself to perform in the metaverse. So once his farewell tour is over, <laughs> he is thinking about preserving his likeness in the metaverse for future generations. That's interesting. What what metaverse? Uh, I think this is the Facebook metaverse or the Facebook meta metaverse. metaverse. Okay. I don't even know what it's called technically, but it's the Facebook one. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, if Kurt Cobain had the option of, like, creating a digital thing of himself, uh, I mean, you could make the argument that it's just an extension of, like, a DVD recording. But I I don't know. I, I just don't think it's good. Like, there's nothing better than watching an actual musician play. Like, even if you watch a live concert or even, like, session, like YouTube, they'll have, like, the band getting together in, like, a cottage or something and they and they perform, right? Uh, like, a, a live, like, track. But, like, like, there's just nothing better than watching an actual musician play with their actual instrument. Like, I just feel like you're going to have some sort of cartoon, like, yeah, badger or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> like like just playing the piano that's that's shooting like rockets out of it or something like that like i just feel like it's just ridiculous like like there's no like there, there I, I i just feel like there's nothing intrigues me to watch that right yeah but the kids are into it <laughs> mm-hmm. like i don't know like would you rather watch a like a cartoon badger play on a uh, like a piano that's shooting rockets right and that's cartoon. jumping up and down like just John just like Patrick. bouncing every like every time when there's something that happens in the song <laughs> that's big like the, like the fucking piano just starts jumping in the air and or would you rather watch actual Elton John just shred on an actual piano <laughs> yeah i don't know this seems just odd to me Maybe I'm just we're just old. Uh, yeah, maybe Light. we just don't understand. Yeah, Chasing Dreadfly is gonna see Elton John in September in real life, not the metaverse. I actually really That's... wanted those tickets, but uh, before COVID, they were sold out or way too expensive, and then I just forgot about it. I'm sure I mentioned this on the podcast before. I must have, but uh, I got to see him play with Billy Joel live. <sighs> so good, and that was like. That was like one of those mind blowing concerts. Like when we saw Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck, like literally it was like, this is, this is like, this is life right here. This (laughs) This is is like life happening. This is the greatest. Yeah. Oh my God. That must've been so sick. Um, I don't know. It's like, even that ABBA thing, it's sort of gimmicky to be honest. Well, ABBA's a terrible band. So like, I mean, they're, they're just a gimmick in general. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just don't know. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll see how this goes. Maybe Elton John will do it well. Who knows? It might work out. Mm-hmm. Um, Weezer has canceled their Broadway residency uh, due to low ticket sales and high expenses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the shows have been planned for five nights at New York's Broadway Theater from September thirteenth to eighteenth. Uh, but they've now canceled that residency because not enough people wanted to go see Weezer, which, to be honest, is a bit surprising to me. I would uh, go see Weezer, but I don't think in Broadway. I guess right because I th- I feel like that's like if like I don't know that that, that I like because I feel like Weezer is like the, I would say that they're a bit grunge. They have grunge elements. Yeah, post grunge, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah post grunge and but I I just feel like they're like they're a rock band. They're they're a band that you would go see and it would still be entertaining. Like don't get me wrong, like cuz cuz I remember seeing them live uh at the Canada Day Festival and Tragically Hip were headlining and they came out and they all just grabbed drumsticks at the end of their last song and they all just started beating on the set like all at the same time. I thought it was kind of it's such a Weezer thing to do, right? <laughs> but but I just feel like them in Broadway, it's just like okay, now it's like this is a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> like I I just can't see a post grunge rock band playing in Broadway. Mm, and I think venue? that's probably where they lost it, right? Uh, I see. Yeah, because when I saw that, I was like, weird. Like, Weezer usually sells out most of their shows. I'm I'm surprised Mm -hmm. that they weren't able to fill five nights in New York. But, yeah, I get it. (laughs) That that makes more sense now that you explained it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
friend so chasing dragonflies friend bought eight tickets for elton john and then uh then got it got resold to to chasing dragonflies so that's how she got the tickets which is right on oh i hope you enjoy it it's gonna that sounds like it's gonna be an awesome concert farewell tour uh, Rage Against the Machine have canceled all their European dates due to Zach De La Roca's now revealed torn ACL. So he actually in so on the really? on the North American tour on the second night in Chicago, he uh, he had an injury in his leg, uh, and now after he's done all his like tests and scans, it's revealed that he has torn his ACL. So according to doctor's orders, he will require rest and rehabilitation. But that's like damn, yeah. That sucks because the these dates were pre-COVID, like these dates were set so, pre-COVID, so they're now delayed uh, twice now. That's funny because it just shows you how age really catches up with you <laughs> on, the, on the thing. Like I feel bad for him because he's probably like he probably rocked out too hard. That's what happened. Yeah, he rocked yeah, out too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when you're when you're above thirty, you got to stretch before you rock out, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I got the Zaw like Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I've been so pissed if they delayed it again, which is everyone in oh, Europe. Oh, that would be so. such a kick in the balls. Yeah, but Waited I'm sure everybody in Europe is just losing their minds right now, being yeah. like, but. Anyways, last piece of news, and this I actually think is a bit interesting, and we could have a bit of discussion. But Peloton, so the company that's famous for their uh, bikes and their classes, basically basically fitness uh, overall, uh, Peloton is getting into the music festival business, uh, but they're doing it their mm. their own way. Peloton's all for one music festival. Uh, is going to be over three days with 33 artists and 160 exercise classes. So acts will include uh, people like Alanis Morissette, Carrie Underwood, Florence and the Machine, Green Day, John Mayer, Maroon 5, Muse, Rascal Flatts, T-Pain, The Beach Boys, Wu-Tang Clan, and more. So Hmm. the way this festival goes is either... You stay at home and you hop on your bike and exercise as you watch your favorite artists perform. Or you can actually go to the live event in the Peloton studio in either New York or London uh, and work out with everyone else as you watch the real life performance. I I don't know. I don't know about that because <laughs> like, I get, uh, I 100% understand that because when i work out i listen to pump up music chasing dragonfly says that sounds terrible by the way (laughs) yes and i you know what i'm gonna agree with chasing dragonflies on this one because literally when i go to a concert right i want to be able to just first thing that's on my mind i get there check out the merch second thing is all right (laughs) i need to grab a beer (laughs) right (laughs) i need a drink so okay. like and then it's time to relax and then you just sit and enjoy it right <laughs> you 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 absorb everything but when you're fucking panting and, and like you're on the peloton bike and you're like <gasps> i just feel like i don't know I, I just feel like it's just too too much like like what if what if like these artists have slow songs right 
So it's just like, then all right, you, we're going to play a so song for you. And then it's just like, what do you do? Do you, do you just like, all right, now everybody stand up on your bikes. <laughs> no, like, that's, the, that's the cool down period. That's your rest. That's the cool down period. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's like, <laughs> what are you going to have? Like, like just picture the, how ridiculous this is going to look. You're going to have a concert with, with the bikes. band on stage. And then just every chair is going to be a, an exercise bike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is so... And you know how bad it will probably smell after all like... The, yeah, all concerts smell bad, so it doesn't matter. That's not yeah, a but, factor. But this is like sweat. And then pe- some people have terrible BO, right? Like, whereas at least at a concert, without working out at the concert, you're masking it with some sort of cologne or, <laughs> or deodorant. Oh man. And then there's just going to be sweaty people every like and I'm not like I know there's you can make the argument, oh there's sweaty people at a concert, but not like this. This is like literally like dude, you need like people need to start handing out towels. <laughs> right? The venue needs to hand out towels. Yeah, they might. Are they pr- it's probably a full-fledged gym honestly, so like they'll probably yeah. do that. Hand out water, free water for every- well, I don't know. What, no, what, what is the band going to do? walk around and fan people as they're singing the songs like i just think it's i don't know uh i'm i'm like leaning towards i'm i'm sort of interested in the concept um because people need to exercise there's plenty of like people unhealthy people that actually absolutely to go and exercise um but yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird idea but at least it's on mm-hmm. brand with Peloton. Um, like, I think it's a neat idea for sure. But I, I just feel like what you're going to like, people are going to be so dehydrated at the end of this con. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's if you're going to be standing, water. if you're going to be there, no, but if you're there, like, like people's muscles are going to seize up. Like, oh, I was <laughs> exercising on the exercise bike for six hours. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. And then the next day they're not going to be able to even get out of bed. Like they're just going to be paralyzed. <laughs> I feel like maybe you just show up for like Green Day set and then that's it. I don't think you're there for six, eight hours on the bike stream. But then it's just like, oh, I want to see the next band. Well, you better keep pedaling or else we're kicking you out. <laughs> Honestly, they should have done, uh, they should have got Coldplay here so that uh, all the cyclists <laughs> could power Coldplay's amps and lights and everything. If The oh, more you pedal, the, the brighter the lights go. If you pedal yeah, too just slow, like a bunch of hamsters. <laughs> if you pedal too just slow, just a bunch of hamsters. <laughs> the music, yes, you can't keep, hear the music. Pedaling. You can't hear keep the music pedaling. if people pedal too slow. So, uh, absolutely, just start yelling at the audience instead of being like, oh, like you know how the 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 singer will be like, I want everybody on the right section to say this, right? It's like you on the right section, keep pedaling. <laughs> we can't hear the bass player. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, they split it up in sections. Like this quadrant is the bass. This quadrant is the guitar. If you stop pedaling, I won't be able to sing you any songs. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I'm interested to see how this goes. Um, but uh, I think this might become a bit more like um, what is it? I think at normal music festivals, this might actually become a bit more uh, commonplace. Like I could see them setting up like, you know how like they have VIP sections. So they ha- they would have like a split section that people are just like exercising on their bikes. 
Mm-hmm. I could see this being a thing you see more often in, in music festival scenarios. Just like, I don't know. I just think it's, <laughs> I think it's a gimmick. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but anybody listening to this podcast, we would like to know on the discord is if you would like to work out, would you like to work out and watch a live concert or would you like to go to the concert and just enjoy drinking beer or whatever alcoholic beverage or non-alcoholic beverage you you decide and and actually just relax and enjoy the band why don't you work out before you go to the concert how about that you're multitasking concert and a workout mm-hmm. <laughs> um anyways uh that's it for the music news let's let's move on uh to the album re- review for uh this week uh, Chasing Dragonflies votes definitely relax. So there you go, Eric. I agree. Uh, so <laughs> this week's album review, we are going to be talking about Come On You Know by Liam Gallagher. Uh, so this is a brand new album, so there's not a lot of information here. But Come On You Know is the third studio album by English singer Liam Gallagher, ex-Oasis singer. Uh, it was released on May 27, 2022. It would debut on the UK charts at number one and gain generally uh, positive reviews from critics. So, Eric, first impressions, thoughts on this album? So, Liam Gallagher is a... Like, he just thinks he's the greatest person that's walked on this earth. <laughs> And I have to say, like, as much as obnoxious as he is listening to him in interviews and everything like that, like, the guy does make good music. Mm. <laughs> he does make a good hooks in his songs. Um, the, like, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this album, but I just felt like there was something missing from it and i couldn't i can't quite put my finger on it but like to me it sounded like like there were some great songs on here and and let's do that first uh i really liked uh more power i thought that was a sick opener uh for the album it was interesting uh you know having that kind of like choir come in Mm. um i really liked come on you know Everything's electric's really good on the album, and I I think my favorite song on the album is the Joker. I just liked the way he wow. did the chorus okay. hooks, and that like I I just I don't know it's just something like just out of the ordinary. Uh, the things I didn't like about the album like like I didn't like how he added certain effects to his vocals throughout some of the songs, like this echoey kind of thing, and I and I felt like it was almost a bit half-assed. Mm. In a sense, like it's almost like the person didn't know what they were doing, adding the, <laughs> adding effect. that effect on on his vocals. Like it would kind of cut out and then jump in. So, uh, but I mean, like the guy, like I really enjoy his his vocals sound. Like mm. in general, yeah. like other than those effects, like the way he's able to harmonize certain parts, like it's just genius in a sense. Mm-hmm. But I I just felt like he was trying to write like, like the thing about oasis that was so good is that it's like songwriting is unbelievable the songs are unbelievable but i feel like this it's like he's like i am going to write a hit song on every song on this album 
Like every song will be a single. And it just seems like he tried to make every song a single. And then some of it, it just felt like he was trying too hard. Mm. Yeah. Maybe in that sense. but <sighs> Yeah. No, I, I agree with you from a vocal standpoint. Like Liam Gallagher is just such a, like, he's such an enigma when it comes to like front men. Like he just mm-hmm. stands on stage with his hands behind his back and he just demands attention without even having like to say a word, just the just his swagger and how he like presents himself on stage. It's just like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, you're all going to like, listen mm-hmm. to me. That's like, that's the attitude he, he always has. And it's just so interesting to watch him perform. And it does shine on this album. Like it's very clear that like, he's a seasoned like like legitimate singer right Uh, the problem and i'm always gonna have this problem with liam gallagher when it comes to oasis is like noel gallagher's the songwriter like his brother is the Mm -hmm. songwriter for oasis and all the best songs were written by noel gallagher and liam gallagher's songs in oasis which is like much like middle career later career of oasis they're just not that good and when it comes to like this album, I just nothing. I didn't gravitate to anything on this album outside of mm. um, everything's electric. I think everything elect everything's electric is like a plus song. That's such a good song. Mm. But everything else on this album was just like I didn't really care. I listened to it once and I was like, mm, okay, cool. Not as good as Oasis or like. I always I always went back to that because I hear Liam's voice and I'm like, okay, this is the singer for Oasis. So I'm now gonna compare it to one of the greatest Oasis. songwriters of all time. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't cut it. Now, there's a lot of elements in this album that are are different. Um he really pushed like sort of the soundscape, whether it's adding uh choirs or different effects on his vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just a straight like rock and roll album. So there's a lot of diversity here and a lot of different tempos. But I just, I don't know. The songwriting is just not the strong point for me on this record. Yeah, and and I would have to agree. Uh, and I should clarify, like the actual lyrics themselves, I didn't care for, but I just yeah. felt like the hooks, the way his vocal melody was going, yeah. it really like he, like the hooks were good. Right, I was like, oh, I kind of like what they did. Now the words are nonsense, in my opinion. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, like I think you're right. I think Oasis is just like I, f- I feel like both of them together were like yeah. an unstoppable power duo, right? Yeah. And then, and then just by themselves, like, I, like you could definitely tell the arrogance. Like I could feel the arrogance coming from this album for sure. Yes. Yeah. But it just feels like there's something missing about it that I, I can't put it in that eight rating above mm. like i just can't put it in that there's just something missing and i don't know what it is and i don't know whether or not he was just like because it just seems like and this is just my opinion i feel like when he was writing this album every song on this album is going to be a hit single and it doesn't matter i don't care what anybody thinks it's a hit single yeah. they can go shove it right yeah so like he's the type of guy that's just like hey um we're gonna make this song uh on the radio uh, this is going to be your hit single on the album because i feel like most people no you're gonna choose this song because it's better <laughs> like i feel like he's just like that he's that guy yeah right yeah but 
It's always his way. Like, yeah, the arrogance, mm-hmm. it just shines through on his vocals. Like, you just hear it. Like, the conviction in his in his delivery, mm-hmm. it's just, like, no, uh, confidence. And it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's great. No, but. and and he's a good, like, like he d- it's, it's definitely tantalizing. Like, I've never seen Oasis live. Um, I've seen them live on dvd and stuff like that but like 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 it just he does have this presence about him that he's just able to capture the audience and it's kind of like like it's just a swagger like you said like he's mm-hmm. got that front man swagger which is useful like like you need that in a front man but i i just felt like it was just like there were certain like i didn't li- like i there's a couple songs on the album that i liked thoroughly like everything's electric's one of them i i really like that song the joker but mm-hmm. Songs, I felt like I only liked certain parts, and it was like, well, I like this part. I could, I can't yeah. care for the chorus, like, or I can't care for this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I feel like we're gonna have very different ratings on this. But Eric, what is your final thoughts slash ratings for this uh, album? You, you know, like I listened to this album a few times, and like I said, I didn't mind it. I did not hate it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I listened to for the most part. Uh, so I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten. Ooh, yeah, we're seven we're, out of ten. We're pretty different. Um, mm-hmm. I'm giving this record a four out of ten. Ooh, yeah, because um, <laughs> mm-hmm. as good, maybe because I went into it with too high of an expectation. Because I heard everything's electric, the lead single, and I was like, mm-hmm. frick, this is a masterpiece. I don't know what Liam did, but this album, if it's anything like the single, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I just listened to it. I was like, ah, skip. I, I'm going to skip until I get to a good song. And I got to Everything's Electric. And I was like, yeah, this is bomb. And the next song, skip. It's not as good. Skip, not as good. Like, mm-hmm. I just, all I wanted to listen to on this record was Everything's Electric. Uh, and all the other mm-hmm. songs were just like, eh, just skip it. So, yeah. One song does not make an album, even if there are parts of each of these songs Absolutely. that that are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you said, like there's parts of every song that it's like, I, th- what what is this? Um, so that's why I'm giving it a four out of ten for me. Right on. I feel like I've given it such a generous rating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe because like we don't we're not super into like that Brit pop type of sound mm-hmm. slash. We haven't listened to really the first and second solo album by Liam Gallagher, but uh, I don't know this, this whole album. It's a, I'm probably never going to listen to this again other than mm-hmm. everything's electric. Yeah, no, I, I, I do hear you. Uh, I'll probably listen to the few songs that I did like on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny because I remember watching Liam on Hot Ones and and it was the album before this one. And he was just like, they're like, oh, any thoughts on your album? And he's like, oh, it's the greatest album ever written. <laughs> like I'm just like, no, it's not. Get out of here. Like, and I haven't even, I didn't even listen to it, right? But I'm just yeah. like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Liam Gallagher for you. Uh, so yeah, you're giving it a seven. I'm giving it a four. So there's that. Um, so, uh, for those of you following along with us every single week, uh, the album that we will be, uh, listening to slash reviewing is, uh, Daydream Nation by Sonic Youth. 
So Ooh, Sonic gonna, Youth. Yeah, nice. this is gonna be some interesting stuff, but uh yeah, Daydream Nation by Sonic Youth. Uh all right, Eric. Uh do we have time for Thief, not a thief? Absolutely we do. Alright, last segment. Here we go. So uh today's thief or not a thief is brought to you by uh, the Rubinos, and they're accusing Avril Lavigne and her song Girlfriend. So uh, the Rubinos are an American power pop band that formed in 1970 in Berkeley, California. Their song I Wanna Be Your Boyfriend was released on their second album, Back to the Drawing Board, uh, in 1979. The song nor the album charted anywhere nor gained any real exposure anywhere. Girlfriend is a song by Canadian singer-songwriter Avril Lavigne, written by uh, Lavigne herself and Dr. Luke. It was the lead single off her third studio album, The Best Damn Thing, on February 27, 2007. On July 2, 2007, the Rubino's frontman Tommy Dunbar and songwriter James Gangwer filed a lawsuit for infringement of copyright against Lavigne, Dr. Luke, RCA Records, and Apple. Levine uh, denied these accusations and noted the common usage of the lyrics employed in both songs, citing the Rolling Stones' Get Off of My Cloud and the Ramones' I Wanna Be Your Boyfriend as songs with similar lyrics. Dr. Luke claimed that neither he nor Levine had heard of the Rubinos prior to the lawsuit and that he would be willing to take a polygraph if doing so would help to disprove Dunbar's claim. The Rubinos hired musicologists to prepare reports on the similarities and dissimilarities between the two songs. Uh, so they actually produced two separate reports by two different companies. The first report uh, concluded that there was an unusually high degree of similarities uh, between the two songs, while the second report said that they did not share any significant lyrical or melodic content. The suit would later be resolved out of court to avoid the legal fees uh, details of the settlement were never disclosed. So, mm. Eric, the two songs, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend by the Rubinos versus uh, Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Hmm. What do you think? So, I actually, the way you originally sent this to me, I thought it was the other way around. Okay. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I'm like, but this band is older than <laughs> Avril Lavigne. But um, I think that definitely the chorus just in the lyrics themselves Ooh, like okay. i feel like it's just like uh but i like the way that uh the rabinos actually does it because they have the hey and then the backup hey like it's kind of like call and response where it's mm -hmm. just avril Levine going hey hey who are you right <laughs> yeah. um but i felt like it was different enough mm -hmm. to to actually be two separate songs because the beginning is fine it's just the chorus that's that's the only part but it's yeah. only like the beginning of the chorus for the rubinos where uh in avril lavigne it's just it it kind of loops it a bit like hey hey you you i could be your boyfriend la la da 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 like it kind of loops it right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas the rubinos say hey hey you you i could be your boyfriend and then it goes into something else yeah right yeah so i feel like it's different enough and i mean honestly like at this era like i didn't even hear the rubinos before yeah before this so i feel like it's legitimately like sorry like <laughs> I, I don't know who you guys are legitimately <laughs> 
Yeah. No, when I listened to this, like my original thought was uh, the Rolling Stones uh, get off of my clouds because they also use the, you know, the, the lyrical, the melodic and the, the rhythmic mm-hmm. part of the, hey, you get off of my cloud. Like it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, but you can't. If the Rubinos successfully sue Avril Lavigne for that, I feel like the Rolling Stones should sue the Rubinos because, like, yeah. it's so similar. It's so similar, the, yeah. just that specific section. But it's like... That's that's the perfect example, and we're going full circle here. That's like Beyonce suing somebody else that takes the milkshake. <laughs> the sample. Right, right, right. right. right? Like I, like I, I agree with you. I, I feel like then the Rubinos should be punished from the Ramones and like so on and so on, right? Yeah, but, it's yeah. like, but then I, I, the, the actual sections that are in question, it's just like, are we going to consider, hey, hey, you, you, as like, copyrightable? Like, mm-hmm. can that be copywritten? It's so generic and so like it's like the not unique first basic steps of learning a language are those words. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it's a basic like the Rubinos use it as a call and response. Avril Levine just uses it as a as a repeat, right? But it's essentially the same mm-hmm. effect. And then I look at a song like um what's that cheerleader song? Uh Mickey Hey Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. Oh yeah. Mind. Hey, I'm like that. If anything, Avril Lavigne's song is more of a a rip off of that than than yeah. this song. Yeah, that's a good point. That's actually a really good point. So I don't know. I I just feel like the section that is in question that is copied is like mm-hmm. so generic and so overly used throughout like music history. I don't I don't think it can be copyrighted. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think it's a theft at all. I honestly legitimately think that they have never heard of the Rabinos like we mm. never have. And probably <laughs> many of us never have. And and I and I agree like like I I feel like they did nothing wrong. And and the songs are like yeah, that part is similar, right? But but then it changes. Yeah. So like both songs, it's it doesn't keep the same feel to both songs, right? So I, I feel like it's different enough that yeah. it's not a theft. Yeah, Chasing Dragonfly says thief. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards not a thief on this one. Mm-hmm. I just right yeah, on. I think it's the section in question is just like it's too generic and it's not unique enough to really be stolen. Like everyone steals it, so whatever. Absolutely. Like, hey, hey, you, you, I want to be your girlfriend or boyfriend, depending on which song you're talking about. It's like, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty generic. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, Eric, who did it better? You know what? After hearing the Rubinos song, I actually think the Rubinos did better. What? Oh, really? The yeah, one... I kind of dug that song. It was kind of like that old surfer kind of okay. style song, like the Beach Boys sound to it. Like I, I dug it. I definitely oh. dug it. I know that's very un-Canadian of me to say, wow. but uh, I'm sticking I mean, to my guns. 
Avril Lavigne. How Canadian is Avril Lavigne, really? I'm pretty sure she lives in L.A. right now. Yeah, she probably does. How Canadian is she, really? Yeah, yeah how Canadian she's, is she? She's not making beaver bits. That's, that's for one thing. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Avril Lavigne. Did it better. I don't know. The Rubino song was good, but I think there's a reason why it didn't chart as a single mm-hmm. like it's just it's all right it's an all right song but avril lavigne's girlfriend that's like a proper like it shows up on the radio type of song um, yeah really catchy whereas the rubinos there's catchy parts but it's not an earworm they're just pissed because theirs didn't make it to the radio that's probably why they're pissed yeah yeah um but cool yeah um interesting to set of songs uh in any mm-hmm. case um but yeah that was our thief, not a thief for this week. Um, let's see. Any controversial statements? No, we had no controversial I'm statements. I'm sure we've said some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we said some. Uh, but perfect. That's that's basically it. That's that's our podcast, The Crossroads Musical. Uh, musical. Musical the, podcast. We're not doing yeah. a musical. Where we come yet. and sing songs. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be episode 200, just a yeah. musical episode. Uh, the Crossroads. Yeah. We don't talk. Cast. We just sing in song throughout the whole hour and yeah. a bit. Um, <laughs> we're here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday. We are switching over to our mm-hmm. Wednesday schedule uh, from now. Uh, join the Discord. Keep up with uh, our schedule. Come yell at us. All those stuff. Um that's absolutely basically it. Uh, any closing thoughts, Eric, uh, before we end this show? None. Stay, uh, stay classy, everybody. Perfect. All right. Good night, everyone. And we'll see you all next time.